Hey everyone, well we are in week three of our series called Wild, where we are rediscovering the heart of God. And so far we've been talking about how God is not a tame or passive person, but he is wild and deserves to be feared. Then we talked about how he is not quiet, but a roaring advocate who roars against injustice for our heart's desires and for our freedom. And this week, we're going to look at another aspect of God's wild heart, and that is that he is a victorious warrior. But let's put that aside for a moment, and I wanna ask you a question. Have you ever gotten involved in a fight that you weren't supposed to be a part of? When I was growing up, for some reason, I just had this tendency to be involved in fights in my household. I don't know why. I don't know if I was trying to be the peacekeeper or if I just wanted to be a part of the argument. But I remember so distinctively, my little sister Carly, she would get into fights with my parents, or she would do something and so then my parents had to discipline her. And every single time, I had to barge in and I had to, for some reason, get into the middle of it. Sometimes I was on Carly's side and I would fight against my parents on Carly's behalf. Sometimes I was on my parents' side and I would try to talk sense into Carly. But really, no one was asking me to be involved in that fight. That fight was not mine. And my parents often had to kick me out of the room because I was taking on all the emotion as if I was in the middle of the fight. I was taking on the stress and the worry and the anger, but I was never supposed to carry those emotions in the first place. And I think a theme for a lot of our lives right now is the same. We are trying to fight a battle that isn't ours. So to look at this further, we're gonna look at a battle that takes place in the Old Testament, one that threatened the lives of an entire nation, and look at what the people did right as they acknowledged God as their victorious warrior. So we're gonna look at 2 Chronicles 20, and this takes us to King Jehoshaphat. And King Jehoshaphat, he was the great, great, great grandson of King David, which means he was the great, great grandson of King Solomon. And he was the next person to come and to rule Judah. And King Jehoshaphat, he was a good king, but he definitely made his mistakes in the past. But we find in the story how he's actually trying to become more godly and he's, he's working so hard to focus all of his trust on God. And so he's working on building his character in this way when an announcement comes to him that an army is coming up against Judah. And this army is made up of three nations. Three nations are coming and trying to get involved and they're trying to take down all of Judah and take down King Jehoshaphat. And he is terrified. He is terrified because their small army neither has the strategy or the strength or the resources to actually take on these three armies that are less than 40 kilometers away at this point when he gets the news. And so while Jehoshaphat's first action could have been to bring in his army officials and to start strategizing, or they could have started sharpening their weapons or building their defenses up to make their walls stronger, that's not what Jehoshaphat does. What he does it says in 2 Chronicles 20, verse four, it says that he brings all of the people together and he begins to pray and cry out to God. It says the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Jehoshaphat, he gathers everyone around and then he stands up in front of all of the people that he is called to pray and to fast. And then it says in, in verse six, he says of God, you rule over all the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. He's acknowledging who God is in the presence of all of the people. 
And then he goes on to express how great God is and how much they trust God, but then also their own emotions of how terrified they are of this enemy coming up against them. And he says, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Jehoshaphat acknowledges his trust for God in front of his entire nation. And their response is standing up, standing in front of God and saying, no, we are going to wait to hear direction from God. And so that's what the people do. They stand up and they wait. And then a message from God comes to a prophet and God is saying this, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jurel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat heard this and the amazing thing is he listened. The next morning he assembled his army. They put on their armor, they grabbed their weapons, they positioned themselves at the post where God told them to go and they stood there watching as their enemy was approaching. And what they were doing is so cool. They were singing. They were singing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. As they were singing these praises to God, God created this mass confusion between the three armies that were coming up to fight against Judah, and he completely defeated them. When Jehoshaphat went down to then expect the battlefield, it says not a man from the enemy's side was left alive. And what we learn from this is that we are not to take the fight that isn't ours. Don't take the fight that isn't yours. You see, the battle appeared to be between Jehoshaphat and the nations rising up against him. But what he didn't realize at first was it was actually a battle between the enemy and God. And this is not the only example in scripture where God shows us that the battle is his, not ours, not humanity's. In Exodus 14, it's the story of the parting of the Red Sea, where the Israelites are escaping slavery from Egypt. And the Egyptian army is chasing after them when they come to the Red Sea, which would have been impossible for them to cross. But God says, I am fighting for you. You need only to be still. And they stood still in a place where they thought they were going to be trapped. And God split the sea into two and created a dry path for them to walk on. You see, the battle wasn't between the Israelites and Egypt. It was between Egypt and God. And then Joshua 10, it's a story of Israel against the Amorites. And the Israelites are fighting as hard as they can, but it's not enough and the sun is about to go down, which means that the enemy would escape. But Joshua, he prays and asks that the day would last longer. And it says that the sun stood still as the army continued to fight. And it says that the Lord hurled large hailstones down on the Amorites and more of them died from the hail than were killed by the swords of the Israelites. See, the battle wasn't between Israel and the Amorites. It was between the Amorites and God. Ephesians 6, it talks about battles. And it says, in Ephesians 6, 12, it says, Our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. 
You see, we can't be fooled. The battles that we face aren't against flesh and blood. They aren't just these surface level battles. They are between God and a very real enemy. You see, the battle isn't between you and the situation that threatens to make you angry and resentful. It's between the enemy that is trying to control the situation and God. The battle isn't between you and the world that is broken. It's between a broken world and God. The battle isn't between you and the event that has caused you immense amount of pain. It's between the enemy and God. The battle is God's. And we need to learn to give God what is his. And there's a good chance that the battle that you're facing today, and let's face it, we're in lockdown during COVID, we've all got battles today, and there's a good chance that it isn't yours. It belongs to God, which means that your worry is not meant to be yours. The stress is not meant to be yours. The brokenness, the resentment, the anger is not yours to carry. God wants his battle back. And this doesn't mean you don't do anything about it. You don't have to fight it, but you do have to face it. And you do need to wake up each morning with these experiences and these events and the people still in front of you that you need to face. But you don't have to do it by fighting. That's God's job. What you need to do is admit that you don't know what to do, but that your eyes are on God and you actively trust that he is a victorious warrior who will win every battle that he fights. Jehoshaphat and his people, they didn't have to fight the battle, but they still had to wake up the next morning, put on their armor, stand on the battlefield. And from this story in scripture, I think that we can learn five key action steps to take when we're facing a battle. And I think that show us a really clear and beautiful picture of what it looks like to trust God. Every step of the way, Jehoshaphat had a choice to make. And with each step, he chose to trust God because trusting God as our warrior is not a feeling. Jehoshaphat was absolutely terrified. It's a choice as we give God his battle back. And the first choice that Jehoshaphat made was that he chose to pray. As soon as Jehoshaphat heard that the enemy was advancing against him, his first response was to turn to God in prayer. He could have called his army officials together. He could have put an action plan in place. He could have started all of these different strategies and getting ready for the battle. But he didn't do any of that. He didn't take a posture of fighting. He took a posture of prayer. He simply talked to God about what he was feeling, how terrified he was, and begged God to act. So the first question to ask yourself when in a battle is what do I need to tell God about what I'm feeling? And am I asking him to take the battle back into his own hands? And then the second choice that Jehoshaphat made was that he chose to do it with other people. He brought other people into prayer with him. Why is it that we think that we need to face every battle alone? especially right now when we need people more than ever, but we're isolated. Do we feel like we need to experience this on our own? Even when God is telling us not to fight, but just to face it, we cannot face it on our own. So who do you need to call to come into this battle with you? The third choice Jehoshaphat made was to choose to wait for God's direction. And this one is hard because it means that we have to stop and actually listen. After all the people had gathered, Jehoshaphat and the people, they stood and they waited to hear from God. 
They took time to fast and pray and worship, but then they silenced themselves so that they could hear what God wanted to say. And when you choose to wait for God's direction, you probably won't get this clear message from a prophet like they did. Maybe, but probably not. But are you quieting your life and your heart to hear what God might be saying? Are you reading scripture of what God has already said and has already given his direction to you? Next, they chose to dress for battle. After hearing from God that the battle was his and that they were to only face it and position themselves on the battlefield, they woke up the next morning, put on their full armor, and stood in position facing the enemy. They didn't have to fight, but they still had to dress for battle. Going back to Ephesians chapter 6, we read this about dressing for battle. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Last of all, Jehoshaphat and the people chose to worship. They actually didn't stop worshiping. The people worshiped before, during, and after the battle. And it says in verse 22 that the people stood on the battlefield and praised God and God began to ambush the enemy. It was as if the worship fueled God to fight. You see, the battle is not yours. It belongs to the greatest warrior of all time who puts the enemy into chaos and confusion, who stands as a blockade between the enemy and his people, who gives an incredible amount of peace to those who face the battle. And you might feel temporarily knocked down right now, but it's not a knockout. If you're still breathing, God is still fighting and he wants his battle back. And what we are called to do for the battle is to get dressed, position ourselves in the battlefield and worship God. And so that's what we're gonna do right now. Whatever battle you're facing today, take time to pass it back to God. It's his anyways. Put down the weapons and raise your hands in worship. Peace be still, calm this soul, I need you here now, restore my hope, and I confess, I've been afraid, remind my heart, Lord, increase my faith, so I 
was meaningful for you and I know it's hard to give up the battle that you feel you need to fight but let's practice giving God what is his even if it means intentionally giving it back to him every day as we recognize that he is a victorious warrior and we weren't meant to fight the battle in the first place and another way to give God the battle every morning is by stopping to worship pray read scripture and just acknowledge who God is and if you haven't started yet, we'd love for you to join us in our daily devotional that we put out every morning on IGTV as we continue to rediscover the heart of God. <laughs>